With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, very good morning, everyone. Julian King with you on Summer Mornings. Great to have you along at SEN 11, 70 a.m. in Sydney and through the SEN app. Tops of 29 degrees in old Sydney town today and partly cloudy. And as always, I want you to join in on the conversation and enrich the show, that open line number 1300 1170 and the text line 0457 736 736. Boy, a jam-packed edition of the program today. We'll catch up with Balmain legend Gary Jack shortly to discuss the turmoil at the Tigers. Alex Doolan's going to join us to preview the first test between Australia and Pakistan, which gets underway tomorrow in Perth. And then, speaking of Perth, the man who prepares the pitch, there at Optus Stadium. Isaac McDonald, head curator, is going to talk us through the wicket. A little green, you might have seen the pictures. And Kane Pittman, ESPN NBA reporter, will chat all things basketball. We've got Meister along on the tools, 2am Tommy. Uh, well, I don't know if he's home again today because uh, the tummy bugs flared up or he just couldn't be asked and he was just worried about the price of petrol. Didn't want to drive in the studios. Either or, 2am Tommy is floating about, well, this is the big news. And the text board, you would have heard Andrew Voss and James Magnuson with their chat earlier this morning. And I have, if you haven't listened to it with Lee Hadjipan, tell us the ousted Tigers chairman. Uh, I urge you to do so. What a day in Tiger Town. And plenty of people on the text line have had their say. Uh, Michael Chambers has been across this story. Brent Reed as well. And Chambers in the Nine Papers has unpacked it all. And he said, West Tigers chairman Lee Hadjipan, tell us, drove his black Ferrari into the club's Concord headquarters yesterday morning, unaware of the events that were about to unfold over the next few hours. So together with the Chief Executive Justin Pascoe, the two faces of the West Tigers front office, hosted 65 of the club's corporate partners at a luncheon, which doubled as an opportunity for the club's key stakeholders to overseas, oversee the team's training session run by the Tigers legend Benji Marshall. Two hours later, both Pascoe and Hatchapan tell us we're gone. Once the executioners, they became the executed. And we know Lee Hatchpantelis, who sponsors this network, uh, far from happy with the way it went down. He said, look, there's been gross disrespect shown to the Tigers and myself personally by my fellow directors. And basically what Lee is saying is that they'll never pay the respect of being involved or consulted as to the review. Here's what he had to say to Vossi and Missile this morning. The manner in which it was done by shareholders, these are people who sit as directors of the shareholders, but also sit as directors on the West Tigers board. So I chair a board with these people who sit there having a fiduciary duty to the organisation, yet behind the scenes, scurrying in the shadows, 
putting together plans for the demise of the board. How is that not a breach of their fiduciary duty? Why would they not come forward and say there is an obvious conflict with me continuing in this role? I need to step down. It boggles belief. It, it is a world with which I am not familiar. He also said that there was no honour in the process, Lee Hadjipan tell us, and that this whole process of the review and recommendations of the review and implementing those recommendations is expedited because it was leaked to the media. He says it appears unlikely we'll ever see the report. The process was disgraceful. He's got a point, does he not? That they weren't given the opportunity to have a look at it or respond to these recommendations. So whether or not you think they needed to see change at the top of the pyramid of the Tigers and remove the chairman or remove the CEO, was this the right way to go about it? He said, it's well, it's a knee-jerk reaction. Basically, a knee-jerk reaction to a petition signed by 2,000 disgruntled fans after that Tigers lost to the Cowboys 74-0. So, yeah, it's understandable fans would vent their displeasure. But as Lee said, for some reason, the Holman-Barnes group, which is the controlling faction on the board, embarked upon a review feeling compelled to do so. Is this the tail wagging the dog? He called it an ill-conceived publicity drive, which boxed them into position, which left them with no alternative but to accept the recommendations that were made, which, as I understand, included the dismissal of the entire board. So there you have it. There you have it. And I want to get your thoughts on that today. I want to hear in particular, I won't make any particular judgment on this. I'll defer to Tigers fans. Just tell me, what are you feeling? How do you feel about your club? Is this a clean air that you need to go forward? Was this inevitable? Did this need to happen? Are you now, off the back of the resignation of Justin Pascoe and the dismissal of Lee Hadjipan, tell us, confident that the fortunes of the Tigers improve? And the other question there is, Shane Richardson, now the interim CEO, well, how long is he going to last? Barry O'Farrell back in the chairman's role after briefly serving there in a previous life. But he's doubled down. He doesn't pull his punches. And to his credit, Lee, he always goes on record. And this was interesting. Those close to Marshall, according to Michael Chamis's report, who requested anonymity, have told the Herald that he raised concerns about the predicament of the club, with Hadjip Pantelis also confirming he had spoken to Marshall following his removal from the board. So Benji not happy with this upheaval. They have, in my view, created great harm to that club, in particular the football department, even more particular Benji. They've removed from Benji his support system, which involved Justin. They've worked extraordinarily hard together for months to put together a football department, coaching structure and roster that will turn things around for the club. And Lee was very proud of the pathways that they've implemented. So there you go. Talking about the disruption of this dismissal. It remains to be seen. The proof is in the pudding. Let's see how the season now plays out for the Tigers. But 0457 736 736... West Tigers fans, I want to hear your thoughts today on what happened yesterday. Are you happy with the process? Do you care that he wasn't given a chance to respond to these recommendations, that they never got to see it? Or does the outcome, if you're happy with the outcome, justify the process? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. that is the open line number. The text line over 0457 736 736. So over to you, Tigers fans. Over to you. Now, still on league, this is great news. Ezra Mam is set to reject interest from six NRL rivals, including Wayne Bennett's Dolphins, an Inca Broncos mega deal that'll make him Brisbane's next $1 million man. Gun player, 
hat-trick in the grand final. So the Broncos are on the verge of a Christmas bonus. The Dolphins failing in their poaching bid as Mam closes in on signing one of the richest deals in Brisbane's 35-year history. And, and I always said, you know, with, with Luite Penrith or Mam at the Broncos, you want to see them stay. You want to see him become a legend there at Red Hill. Because there were fears, too, that the Broncos could be blown out of the water by monster rival offers for Mam. Because they've also had to upgrade Reese Walsh, extend Adam Reynolds for another 12 months in 2025. They've lost Flegler. They lost Farnworth. The Dolphins had up the ante. And I know Wayne Bennett's going to be handing the reins over to Christian Wolfe, but he's got a lot of appeal, the master coach. But Brisbane's grand final hero, Pete Bedell and Travis Mayne, across all things Brisbane, will not walk out on the Broncos. Man looks to snap the club's 18-year premiership drought next season. So the Brisbane Broncos tabled a multi-year deal to Ezra Mam. Understood NRL rivals can't seriously exceed the terms put forward by Brisbane's by Brisbane Chiefs. He's such a wonderful player, so exciting to watch. In fact, Brisbane are the best team of the comp to watch in terms of the footy they play. So it looks like Ezra Mam will remain at Red Hill, which is good to see. And I'm, you know, obviously a Dragons fan. If you decided to wear the red V, happily you'd take him, of course. But the romantic in me, when it comes to sport, likes to see players remain at clubs long periods and etch their names in the history of those clubs. Uh, St. George Illawarra have officially offered Adam Fenua Blake a four-year, $4.5 million deal to join the club from 2025. So there you go. He's put his cards on the table, Shane Flanagan. Further to that, added a bit of depth to his back line. He signed former Queensland origin player Corey Allen for the 2024 season. I think that's a handy depth signing. Corey Allen was without a contract after his deal with the Roosters expired at the end of 2023. Actually played some good games for the Chookies too. So Corey Allen will now join the Dragons for pre-season training. 0457 736 736. Already these texts are starting to come through, flying through from Tigers fans. And as mentioned, I'll catch up with Balmain legend Gary Jack in about 15, 20 minutes time in the program to get his reaction to the turmoil in Tiger Town yesterday. Now, this is really fascinating. Now, I'll speak cricket with Alex Doolan. So all the talk about David Warner, you know, the double hundred, but he's not getting any runs in the last two years and he's, he's, Average has fallen off a cliff to the point where Mitchell Johnson said, well, how come he's still in the side? Ed, Ed Cowan as well said it's legitimate to say, well, you know, why is he still in the side? His former opening partner. But this has sort of been glossed over. I've had this discussion with my brother a fair bit. Malcolm Conn's touched upon it in the nine papers today. As David Warner prepares for his last test series with a slowly fading average, are Steve Smith's numbers suggesting... He's heading the same way. This is this uncomfortable conversation that no one wants to discuss because Smith has been touted as the best since Bradman. The average, you think about 2019, that average that got over 60. Freak, no doubt is a freak. So he picks himself. And all of a sudden you go, well, hang on a minute, he's, he's not churning out 100 after 100. And yeah, understandably, and we saw this with Tedesco, he's coming off such an incredibly high benchmark that anything remotely below that is seen as some kind of failure. So this three-test series against Pakistan, of course, it begins in Perth tomorrow. And park the dial, too, on 11.70 for our Sydney listeners, the best place and the best team in the business. Uh, this three-test series, as we said, starts tomorrow. It's going to draw a line under Warner's time in the baggy green. But I wonder if it's a defining series, too, for Steve Smith and whether he retains his best since Bradman moniker. Or if Smith fails, if he scratches out 20s and 30s, doesn't get another 100. More and more people are going to talk about this downhill run. And it happens to all of them. It happened to Ponting, which is quite marked. 
And he admitted himself, Steve Smith, that he hasn't performed the way he would have liked in 2023. But he said, you know, he's very confident in his own ability. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. And I performed at a high standard for a long period of time and below the standards that I want. I get that. I get that. But every batter who all of a sudden, when they hit their mid-30s and not offering the returns that they did at the peak of their powers, are going to say, well, I'm still feeling good. I'm still braining them in the nets. Like David Warner, who was never a big net man, had doubled his time, worked doubly hard in the nets for diminishing returns, and the strike rate was lowering. You can't beat Father Time. Smith averaged 29 on the India Tour, had the century in the World Test Championship at the Oval, averaged 37 in the Ashes, 34 during the World Cup. And the thing about rare exceptions like Alan Border, who averaged 10 runs per innings better overseas, most players, as you know, have better numbers at home. So Warner, 58 at home, 32 away, that's huge. Smith is 65 at home, 50 away. I mean, it's serious figures. But he's 34, Stephen Peter Devereux. And he's at the same stage of his career when Warner's numbers began to slide. Do you remember that 2019 Ashes Tour? He was hitting 65, an average 65. 774 runs at 110 in four tests, like frightening numbers. His average has now dipped to under 59. You look at the average, go oh, under 59. It's, it's enormous, and it is. But we're looking at trends here. We're looking at trends. And I always felt that, particularly after archery, he, he expended so much mental energy in that 2019 series. I feel he's never been the same player. Still very good, but never been the same. And then you think about Ponting, right? who before Smith was considered Australia's best since Bradman. Ponting's average shot 60 and then a sharp decline under 52. So I'm just saying that there's a nice little, well, not nice, but there's a, a, a sub-narrative to go with this series. Everyone's talking about David Warner and he's going to wrap up his test career, but Smith, 34. If Smith doesn't get runs in this Pakistan series and then say even, for example, the West Indies series, do we reassess him? In terms of, well, no, I won't say that because he is, he is one of the all-time greats, but do we start asking further questions about his position in the side? It's an uncomfortable com- conversation. I'm not saying that he's in any danger, but at what point do we have the same conversations about Steve Smith as we've been having about David Warner? 0457 736 736. Still on cricket, Brisbane Heat. They've got off to a flyer. Well done to them. Continued their undefeated start to the Big Bash season. 20 to run win over the City Thunder in Canberra last night. Colin Munro continued his good form with about 46 from the opener. They bowled well too. Uh, Chris Green, the captain, 30 off 20, is a bit of a late order flurry from the Sydney Thunder. A six for 80 at one stage, pursuing seven for 151. So now 2-0, oh, of course, they had that washout. Their second clash against Adelaide. Uh, 35 to Wally Davies for the Thunder. Near recruit Cam Bancroft hit 25. And as for the Heat, their middle order all chipped in with some runs. Nice to see the Risties get amongst the wickets. So Mitch Swepson, man of the match, two wickets. Tanvir Sanger, three wickets. Three wickets. Now, I did mention we'll talk to the Optus Stadium curator uh, later on in the program today. So a couple of days out. This was yesterday. Uh, It's clear it's going to be a bit different, this pitch. There was a photo I saw, uh, less probably less grass than you'd expect two days out, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see. It's one of those things, and I'll speak to Alex Dill, and I, I still think you, you win the toss, you bat first. But now there's chat that he might even take a bit more grass off the top. And he said, you know, my theory is to have a bit harder on the top, a little bit less grass, and see what impact that has on the game. 
I love all this pitch tool. All of a sudden, people that don't know anything about pitches, they say, look at it, oh, no, that's a bat first, a bowl first. Oh, that's going to crumble day five. Everyone becomes an expert, don't they? That's the beautiful thing about being a sports fan in this country. We're all experts when the time comes. Just remember the voice debate, Alex. Everyone's a constitutional expert. COVID, we're all experts on serious contagions and diseases. 0457 736 736. It's going to be fascinating because Sean Masood, who's the new captain, he's a real attacking player, had a good series win, 2-0 against Sri Lanka, but they're going it over five and over. He's a bit of a basball disciple, Sean Masood, and I hope they bring that aggressive mentality because whatever they've tried previously hasn't worked because Pakistan haven't won a test match here since 1995. In fact, they've only won four test matches in their history since first touring in the late 60s. It's a real home and away numbers right there. Real home and away numbers. Now, one more thing on cricket, and you may have seen this. It's going to cause a bit of a stir I would suggest for those who say sport and politics don't mix, because Usman Khawaji, may have seen the photos, is planning to wear shoes during the Perth test against Pakistan on Thursday that are emblazoned with slogans supporting Palestinians caught up in the fighting in Gaza. He's a proud Muslim, we know, deeply affected by the distressing scenes emanating from Gaza since that October 7 Hamas attack that resulted in Israeli retaliation. And if you follow his social media, he shared videos and photos from the conflict. He's wearing these shoes that read, freedom is a human right, all lives are equal. He wore those at the training session yesterday. You may have seen them. And he confirmed that he does intend to wear them on the first day of play. Now, it's going to be fascinating because there are rules in and around making political statements here. 2014, Mo and Ali, the England all-rounder, was asked to remove wristbands with the phrases, save Gaza, and free Palestine. This was during a test match against India. The ICC match referee at the time was David Boone. And at the time of this Moeen Ali episode, an ICC spokesperson said the ICC equipment and clothing regulations do not permit the display of messages that relate to political, religious or racial activities or causes during an international match. So Moeen Ali was told by the match referee that while he's free to express his views on such causes away from the field, he is not permitted to wear the wristbands on the field of play and warn not to wear the bands again during an international match. Cricket Australia at this stage, according to Dan Bredig in the Nine Papers, um, has been contacted for comment. The ICC has declined to comment. But I just wonder, getting ahead of this, is a smart man, Usman Khawaja. Freedom is a human right. All lives are equal. That's pretty generic. That doesn't necessarily say you're going one way or the other, does it? Doesn't mention the word Palestine at all. Are you okay with this? Does it upset you? Does it make you feel uncomfortable? It doesn't, I've got to say. If, if Usman Khawaja wants to wear a set of boots that say freedom is a human right, all lives are equal, I've got no problem with that. I, I just honestly don't see how that is offensive. I don't see how that is offensive. You may have a different thought on that. 0457 736 736, the text line number. Boy, there is so much on the menu. Uh, the Tigers fans, I want to hear from you today. Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you indifferent? about the goings-on at Tiger Town yesterday, the removal of Lee Hatcher-Bentalis, in fact, the entire board, and the resignation of Justin Pascoe. Is this the clean air that you're hoping for? And what do you predict now for the Tigers in the next one, two, three, four, five, ten years? I'll speak to Gary Jack shortly on the program. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. that is the open line number. Up and running this Wednesday morning, Jules on Summer Mornings.